0: Join me in this podcast as I interview Olympic athlete and professional boxer David Nieker. After finding success on the amateur scene, Dave has become a household name in New Zealand. He has a long list of achievements, including gold at the 2014 and 2018 Commonwealth Games and bronze at the 2020 Tokyo Olympics, where he was also a flag bearer for the Games. Dave has recently turned his sights to a pro career, training with the likes of Tyson Fury and Joseph Parker. With four fights and four wins under his belt so far. We talk to Dave about his journey as an athlete, the differences between amateur and pro boxing, and how his perceptions of training and nutrition have changed over time. He also shares how he uses Radix freeze dried meals, how they make meal prep easy, and what his plans are for the future. Welcome, everyone, to Radix Nutrition's podcast, where we discuss all things health, performance, and nutrition from the design process behind our products to the amazing feats of the people who use them. Dave, thank you very much for joining us. No worries, man. So I'm curious how you actually got into boxing.
1: Um, I think, like, my boxing kind of started uh, probably with my brother. We used to fight a lot. He was um, uh, four years older than me. Really, like, uh, supportive, really encouraging. uh, Also tested me in a lot of ways, Mm. like... um, uh, we always used to play fight and stuff, and uh, my dad had a curiosity for not a curiosity, he had a passion for you know the all, uh, all fight sports. Really, I don't think his dad let him let him fight when he was younger or like play any contact sports. So right. when I started showing like a bit of uh, a taste for for combat sports, um, both my brother and my dad were right behind it, and they were like close behind me as well. So awesome. I started boxing. I found a a, a boxing gym ringside fitness uh, ringside. It was in the phone book. Okay. All places, yeah. You know, remember the big, yeah, thick boy <laughs> things of the past now. Book. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, just found the first, essentially the first combat gym, um, in the phone book, and was there for about seven years. Um, oh wow! But my, my brother definitely kind of fueled that. We used to play fight. We used to, um, I, I really wanted to get into mixed martial arts. That was my yep. my initial plan was I was going to be a UFC fighter okay because um, I watched all the early UFC uh, fight cards like on DVD with my dad yep. DVDs seem so old now it's yeah. like um, like yeah th- there are no United videos anymore so how old were you when you when you actually started going to the gym and I've been 14 14 I oh, wow. joined the gym um, wow. and then my dad was like uh, pretty much got a uh, uh, got a membership at the same time and then my brother was about 6 months behind me because he was like oh. Well, I'm Clearly missing out on something. Like we were all so, uh, me and my dad were like right into it. We'd get up mm. and do the early morning trainings, um, and yeah, it just made made a lot of sense. Hey, yeah, that's pretty neat. I think his so world is going to get bigger and stronger than him as well. Oh yeah, which like <laughs> so today, had to come yeah, along. I'm, I'm about seven inches taller than him now. I yeah, eight dollars leftovers. You see, <laughs> <laughs> right? Of course.
0: Um, I'm curious. You said that you wanted to get into like MMA and, yeah. and UFC. So, where'd you Sort of choose boxing over over that. Where did that sort of
1: change yeah, in your it was head? Honestly, just like a coincidence. Like I said, like it was the first combat gym I found in the phone book was a boxing gym, so we went to check it out. Um, had a chat with my my previous coach Rick Ellis, um, and he was encouraging. Like knowing knowing him later on, I was like, wow, that was a really positive experience because he was a he was a hard man, um, mm-hmm. and he didn't give anybody credit unless they really earned it so um, I think I always I worked really hard for that kind of approval not just from uh, my coach but from my parents Uh, my brother uh, he was like I said super supportive um, and I like he was proud of me and there was Mm. something about that uh, if we were like play fighting with his friends he'd say like oh like you should wrestle my brother or you should uh, have a fight with my brother it was was all fun but um it always Push me to be to be you know good enough.
0: Does any part of you still want to get into MMA or, or UFC not, or man? anything? Why like not, Why
1: not? It's that, to be fair, that's, that shit's terrifying. Like yeah. like if someone kicked my shins, I would like pack a wobbly immediately. Yeah. But um, I I would definitely try it at some point. But um, it, it really comes down to whether it, it makes sense. because mm. um, you do see a, a few of those fighters or uh, quite a few of them yeah. start off in one yeah. discipline,
0: right, and then is they they, they pick up the other stuff.
1: Yeah, is he is he only. Picked up um the mixed martial arts very I think more recently than people would would realize yep. like he was a kickboxer kickbox like eighty five pro fights or something stupid like that yeah yeah three I, di- I three know
0: people who used to watch him That's kickbox it. and and um just in, in Auckland and used to go to his
1: kickboxing fights and yeah. they said that they they saw it that early point like this guy's the yeah, real deal I think the first time I might have seen him was we were doing the ring hire for an event in uh, Rotorua and I was like. I just saw some um some some tall skinny dark guy mm. like doing some crazy like back kicks and like doing all kinds of stuff and I was like, like what's this guy's deal and everyone was going crazy cuz yeah. he was just doing some outlandish stuff um just the way he held himself I was like I was like huh that guy's that guy's like um guy's real re- really something yeah. <laughs> you know but yeah, um I didn't sure. know him at the time and didn't meet him until uh might have been 2014 just after my first Commonwealth games okay um uh, i met him in a car park we were just leaving uh one of joseph parker's fights i think yeah we'd uh me and my brother and a couple of mates had been at a at a corporate table and um he came stumbling out of the dark and uh he didn't have, he'd lost his ride home okay and, yeah and uh, he was like hey where are you guys going and i, I think we were like um oh we're heading back to hamilton and he was like oh do you think you could drop me off in town oh really and we were like oh yeah sure like like um like where where are you going? And he basically took us the complete wrong side of town. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, ended up being like a whole thing. But it was real funny. Kind of, uh, I got to know him. Then he didn't know who I was. He did. I uh, I didn't know who he was. Mm. But um, he had this like this air of like invincibility. Yep. Um, and he's always had it. That was before yeah, he, he still does, doesn't he? That was before he did. Uh, like you know, before he really made a splash on um, uh, on the international scene. Obviously, he had done a lot. But he hadn't gained that same kind of profile that he has today. Um it's pretty cool, man. Like he still yeah. had that swagger. He always knew he was gonna be a big deal. Yep. And he he let us know that and I was like, This guy's this guy's a like like if you didn't know him, you'd be like, This guy's talking some mad shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and it was it was it was hilarious. But um I knew he like he definitely like he carried it. He yeah. carried it with him. So I was like, Okay, like I I see you. Yep. you know what I
0: mean? Yeah. Um, cool man. So your first your Commonwealth games. Your first one. You were fairly young, weren't you?
1: I was eighteen. Yeah. Yeah. 18 what and what like was that a like? Young eighteen, man. H-
0: had you done um, anything sort of on the big stage before, or was that was that huge for you? What was it like going along at eighteen?
1: Yeah, it was pretty weird. It was. Um, I actually I barely made the team. It was my first year as a as an elite boxer, so I opened, open open okay. age open age boxer. Yep. Um, it was the first year that I'd taken the headgear away, so we didn't wear the the head protector. Yeah. Um, and so it like, it was a pretty big deal and I, I I ended up my qualifying process was very different. I had to travel overseas with the women's team because the men's team were off doing their own qualifiers okay. and i w- I was like fringing right and um I really wanted to go that was part of my yeah. my master plan was to go to the Com games when I was 18 so i I um committed to that I won a medal at I think I won a bronze at the first tournament where my opposition, the guy that was in my spot, uh, I think he also won a bronze, and then I went to another uh, international tournament, which was uh, in Albania. I went by myself, so it was just myself oh and, really? a, and one coach here, yeah. uh, Cam Todd. And he, um, he, he was, uh, it was pretty cool that he did that. In hindsight, I was like, I was kind of like shocked that he had come over just by himself. Mm. But um, yeah, I won a gold at that tournament, which basically placed me above my opposition, and so I got the spot. Yeah. Um, but it was like it was a, it was a whole thing, and so by the time I made it onto the team, like, nobody knew who I was. I was like, okay, that's a new, new kid on the block, kind of thing. And my first appearance was was at the Com Games, so wow. um, I had no expectations um, other than my own and my like my teams. But um, you, when you go into fights, you don't go on expecting to lose. Like you want to yeah. go every time you want to win, don't you? Yeah.
0: What What's that like? Because you know, you've got a team, but you're competing for spots. What what's the dynamic like
1: there? It's pretty odd. It's like um. uh it's very it's, there's a lot of politics involved as well, which which shouldn't be involved. Um, and I think that made it even a l- little bit harder, but um, it was, it was fine. It was like everybody you know everybody knows the score. We were supposed to uh bo- have a box off for that spot, but it never never ended up happening. So, uh, we took the long way around and uh, basically, took our own. Uh, our own route um which which oh. worked out luckily yeah <laughs> yeah what's what's the hardest part about boxing for you it's like pretty broad like f- for me um for me it's like for me it it's been a bit of a blessing because i've i've never been able to stick to any one thing for very long like i've got kind of uh like so many interests and i get excited i'm a, I'm, I'm a fire type if you will like mm. i i get excited about things but i also like when the flame goes out I drop them and go on to the next thing so wow. boxing for me was a uh, a really cool kind of way to express myself um in terms of you know just stepping out of your comfort zone um which is which like is probably one of the hardest things stepping out of your comfort zone um you know working hard the discipline is all difficult but uh it's also a very uh it's an art where you can actually make the rules yourself. Like, you know, like I'll be taught a certain way to box at the end of the day, my imagination, uh, and my creativity is part of why I'm good at what I do. So, uh, I, I I think, I think the discipline is probably the hardest thing. Like every so often I'll, I'll, you know, I'll be working on X, Y, or Z. And I go, you know what, this isn't working. I kind of want to go do something else or work on something else. But, um, at the end of the day, you're not going to get the results if you don't put in that work and mm. um, you know do do the hard yards. So it's not just getting punched in the face. That's the hardest thing no, for you. But <laughs> oh, it's terrifying, man! Because like getting punched in the face after a while, like you're not trying to get punched in the face, but it's not it's not that bad, man. I mm. tell you, what, I'd rather get. Oh, this is yeah, probably not, but like getting hit in the head, not as bad as getting hit in the liver or something. Right. Like, and the, getting. Have you ever been hit in the liver? Your, your liver's on the on the right hand side no. of your like your rib cage. It's like somewhere in there, and if you're a, if you're a heavy alcoholic, you're gonna know <laughs> about it if you you know if you get touched there. Yeah, it's one of those spots. That's probably the worst place to get hit. Right. Um, obviously, like not considering like the the damage it can do to your brain, but like yeah. the body yeah body shots are pretty brutal.
0: That's a that's a funny sort of thing, right? Like you're stepping in the ring, and your sport is is to do damage. Yeah. Right. I mean if you're not trying to do that, you're not gonna do well. Yeah. But you've got a reputation for being such a lovely guy and such a such a nice guy. So I'm curious where you find the sort of the drive I guess or you know, you see some fighters and and they've got a screw loose and and that's where they they jump in the ring with anyone and they're Mm. they're willing to just smash them, you know. But where do you sort of do you have much aggression in the ring? How do you motivate yourself to to get in get in there when you're Usually yeah, you know, such a such easy going dude.
1: Like, um I think harnessing the aggression and like being able to use it to your advantage is, is like a massive key. Um I'm not like a confrontational person. I don't I've never been in a street fight. I don't i don't give anyone a reason to wanna fight me or wanna hurt me. Um so for me it's been one hundred percent it's been uh a matter of expressing myself and uh like expressing myself in different ways and it like, like I said before, it's it challenges your your comfort zone, you know, like you, you have to step out of it Comfort's the enemy, like in, in all things. Like if as soon as you become more comfort, you become uh, complacent, you become um, narcissistic, you become all kinds of bad adjectives because mm. it's like uh, all of a sudden you don't have any kind of challenges. Some of the people that I feel like are the uh, most unhappy in this day and age are too comfortable, mm. you know what I mean? Yeah. And like um uh having those challenges and putting yourself in harm's way, uh makes you alive, man. Makes you feel like makes you feel something like anyone that's um you know, that stepped in the ring knows, uh and has been humbled. Uh, but they know that, you know, they're they uh there's a lot at stake and that's what makes people perform. That's what makes humans like want to survive, you know. Like yeah. We're we're built for survival. If surviving's too easy, we've got no purpose, you know.
0: Mm. So you're t- you're talking a lot about creativity which is something that I personally like didn't necessarily think about this sort of idea of it being super creative almost Mm. like an art right Mm. the way you're fighting the way you express yourself Mm. you've recently gone from amateur to to pro
1: yeah have you found that the pro scene has enabled you to do that more do that side of things more 100% it's um it's just like another outlet if you will like um professional boxing is like all of a sudden uh your job is to entertain amateur boxing. Your job's to win is to compete. Mm. Um, but in, in professional boxing, people want to see knockouts. They want to see character. They want to see, uh, they want to, they want to see a story unfold, if you will. Um, and like, I haven't got a hell of a lot of trauma. I haven't got, um, I've got, I've, I've grown up with a loving family, um, but I've got a lot of character and I've got uh, a lot of dreams. And I feel like, uh, if if anything, I'm gonna be able to show people what they're what they're capable of, and you know, like uh, through all my through all my ring entrances, I'm gonna have a different theme to to you know, uh, not just excite the crowd, but to excite myself. Mm-hmm. Like um, uh, I, I think my f- my first my first professional bout was uh, it was kind of a soft entry, but I um I had the Lion King as a theme. The so Lion King, I grew up with it. Um, I had my my friends. Uh, like design or like create a, a new track um from you know the Lion King soundtrack yeah. and then my buddy d- did some artwork. Um it's like I have this th- I have this ability to kind of create a story, not just for everyone else but for myself and I like the idea of telling that story. because mm. um, I feel like they're just gonna get more and more elaborate and people are gonna be like, Well I can't wait to see what Dave does next, you yeah. know? Yeah, I mean you were you were so speaking fun,
0: before your walk out, um yeah. Yeah, I kind of didn't think about how much effort actually goes into sort of planning those and mm. also like your costumes, you said you worked with a, a designer, right? Mm, mm. So that's, that's a heck of a way to go about it. Yeah. It must really put some enjoyment into it, especially yeah, totally. for you when you're you're not pulling from a lot of aggression or anything like that when you're really just enjoying being being yeah. creative, putting that's on it. a show. Is there anything else you've found different between amateur and pro?
1: There's, a, there's a, like a lot more... A lot more, <laughs> a lot more difference than I thought there was initially. Like, I, I just assumed you know, you're still trying to lay, lay your fists on another guy's face and body, um, but I didn't quite realize like the difference between, say, the gloves for example. The gloves aren't designed to protect anybody else; They're only designed mm. to protect your hands. Obviously, there are different types of gloves that will offer a bit more protection, but, um, pro gloves are brutal. Like you can get some, you can get s- like I've. Uh, the gloves I wore two fights ago, I picked them up and I was like, "These are these are kids' gloves. Right. Like these, are, these are for children." Yeah. And I was like, "This this isn't protecting anybody." And I like more than anything, I worried about my hands because like I've I've been having hand issues, so it was like, um, this, is <laughs> "This is gonna hurt." Yeah. But it's just one of those things. Um, that that's a big difference. Uh, also, fighting for for more rounds, more rounds, you realize that. Uh, all of a sudden dehydration becomes uh, a big a big risk um you know concussive trauma mm. becomes a big risk uh and you won't really know what you're made of until you get into those deep rounds and i've I've had some really heavy sparring in the last um eight or nine months and i've kind of realized when i get into when I find myself in the trenches i'm like oh this is a this is a lot heavier than than a three by three minute round fight yeah uh, which is which is amateur style boxing so um yeah, yeah, it's 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 the fight game, it's the hurt game, as opposed to competition. I've always thought of, like I said before, amateur boxing as as competition, mm. whereas professional boxing, it's a fight. How much did your training have to change going from amateur to pro then?
0: Because it sounds like it's almost you know an, a, a different sport, right? Which yeah. it is.
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's like um, it was kind of subtle things if you hadn't been uh, around boxing for very long, but it's like the way you land your punches you, you know you're trying to turn your knuckle over to hurt the guy um it's the the way you conserve energy over a um you know a 12 round fight is going to be very different to yep. the way you behave over 3 rounds because 3 rounds you know you can just thrash around it's yeah. 9 minutes
0: uh, compared to 36 minutes do you have to do a lot more aerobic work That's kind of what endurance. I'm
1: picking up on yeah I'm I'm going to have to go back to my to my base and just like do some grimy work I think it's not going to be fun but I'm
0: actually curious what your what your training looks like because yeah. boxing it, it's not like some sports where it's very you know specifically one power thing like strength, it's power, power strength, strength speed yeah. it, you know you have to agility yeah I mean yeah. and then all this creativity stuff as well and skill it's it's such a dynamic sport so it can you talk me through what your what your sort of normal trainings look like
1: yeah well like it, it's it kind of over the last eight or nine months, it's been different because I've been uh, joining other people's camps. So I was in Tyson Fury's camp. I was in Joseph Parker's camp. Um, I was I worked with a, uh, three other cruiserweights while I was overseas. Oh, four four other cruiserweights, two of them world champions. And um, they all train very differently. So what mm. I'm realizing is that I have to design my fight camps around what works for me. And so yep. moving forwards, I'm going to very much... Make my camps about about what I need as opposed to you know tagging along with other other fight camps because obviously they're doing their thing. That's not what I've you know what I've grown up with or what I've what I've been developing on. So um, there's there's definitely a, like a, a, a big mix. I've been working with uh, a strength and conditioning coach since the Com Games mm. since October 2014. So he was the one that um, helped me move up from light heavyweight to to cruiserweight. Yeah, and that was a was a big jump So there was a big Strength block involved there And that weight Never really sat properly mm. Until maybe A couple of years ago So I'm only really Filling into that division now And I'm at a At a weight And a, a time in my Development Like f- physical development Where All of a sudden I'm realising Oh I can do a lot more cardio now And my yeah. weight isn't just Going to fall off Because right. naturally I'm just like a skinny dude um, And so like Keeping that muscle on Was really hard Early on When I moved up um, so yeah, I've got Quite a handy mix But um, there's also A fine line between You know Overtraining certain parts So yep. For me uh, If I were to If I were to put it Plainly There'd be I'm going to say There'd be three runs Three boxing conditioning Two uh, Technical sessions um, Two to three strength sessions And Two sparring sessions like, ideally, I'd have two two big sparring ses- sessions per week. Yep. Um, but you've got to realise, like, putting weight through your hands, like, over time, that's going to, like, you know, have a toll. It's a very high-impact sport, which means, um, like, for example, iron. A lot of boxers are deficient in iron because mm-hmm. it's a high-impact sport and your iron sources get depleted um, through, through high-impact sports. So, um, obviously, linking up with Radix Nutrition, knowing mm-hmm. exactly what's going in and where it's coming from and doing this whole tour mm. has been like really eye opening and like getting to know uh how it's being sourced and how you can actually maximize your training around your nutrition and of course um they go hand in hand. Yeah. Like you can't you can't deny that, especially like um when you're starting to I feel like I'm at an age now where um I'll know uh, within twenty four hours or thirty six hours, whether or not my nutrition the day before has impacted my yeah. my, my f- the following day if yep. you know what i mean so um I feel like it 's great timing to kind of start nailing that um that part of my of my um my work it's yeah. my work my body my nutrition my training's my work yeah so
0: we really love working with you thanks um, man and yeah, <laughs> we're we 're really proud to say that we yeah. do. Can you talk us through what you use our products for and, and why on the other end you've chosen to partner with us?
1: Yeah, well, um, I'm hoping I can use them a lot more. Like uh, travelling overseas and uh, a lot of the – like I've been away for exactly nine months. I've, I've come back for a month. I'll be going away again. Not sure when I'm going back. Mm. So it's like um, hopping around to different countries – uh, you never know the nutritional value of what you're eating. You know, different countries have different standards of of their their products and whatnot. Um so even if it's like fresh produce, you don't know where it's come from. Mm. Like it could have been from any part of the globe. But um knowing uh especially like getting to know today exactly the processes that uh radix nutrition takes to make sure that their um products are not only fresh but they're preserved. Um, in the, the best way possible. Um, you know you're getting the, the maximum nutrition. So having these freeze dried meals that are always ready to go. So I'll have them in my bag. I, I basically I've been living out of a suitcase for nine months. Mm. So if I'm in a if I'm in a pickle and I'm like I've just trained, I've got nowhere to eat, like I could be in the middle of nowhere. I'm like, I've got radius nutrition, I've got I've got I've got a jug, I've got a kettle, that's yeah. all I need. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's something about that is like uh really, really really helpful, just because I don't, it takes, it takes the thinking right out of, right out of eating, which I think is, um, like, so handy. Yeah, Um, that's
0: interesting, like, we, we use them in the same way, like, we we make product that we think is really cool, and and we're all, we wouldn't make it if we didn't think it was, worthwhile yeah yeah. so it's neat to hear you you guys are
1: all eating them in the office yeah it's like (laughs) like you really believe in it yeah yeah (laughs) it's cool to hear that you
0: use it sort of in the in the way it's intended Mm. um it's funny just
1: like what what you guys do is you uh, a lot of the people that use it they're out they're out hunting or they're out um adventure racing um for me i'm like kind of adventure racing only i'm doing it in the city you know Yeah, i I just don't know where i'm gonna be yeah i know when my next meal is going to be or how i'm going to get it but it needs to be good yeah it needs to be good so um if i'm if i'm sparring with a world champion and we're doing like eight rounds immediately after i need to get like some form of like proper nutrition whether it's one of the smoothies or whether it's one of the protein powders um it needs to go in asap and so having that readily readily available and knowing that it's going to be quality it's like quality assured so awesome this is very handy oh the other the other thing that i was like surprised by and like um it was a real pleasant surprise considering um i was making weight i was dropping weight for for uh, both my last fights and um it was a little bit harder than i anticipated i've never really had to drop much weight for fights mm. um and i i was you know i was within about 800 grams Of my fight weight The night before Right And I was like Yeah I'm hungry I'm definitely yeah, hungry Yeah yeah of course And it was um, It was really cool Because I I was like I know I drop About a kilo overnight Or I can drop A kilo overnight Therefore I can Drink Or eat 200 grams Right late before before <laughs> uh, Before tomorrow Which is like A big deal In terms of you know Like getting Nutrition in While you're You're dropping weight Like I've yeah. already Dropped 5 kilos um so I had like a square meal, a real like a really good quality meal because I know exactly how mm. much they weigh. You like I've like it's got on the packet, it be might be 120, 120 grams. You put one hundred and twenty five milliliters of water in there, you've got two hundred and fifty grams yeah. right in front of you, and it's like a it's a perfect meal.
0: That's that's one application we think is really cool, is, yeah. is this idea of weight cutting mm. and, and whether you're just trying to be healthier, you're losing weight or Mm. or like you, whether you're doing it for an actual event where you're forced to lose weight. Mm. You have to do that by restricting the amount of food you eat, right? Oh, 100%. So if we can make a meal that's super nutrient dense and you're Mm. actually getting a huge amount of nutrients for the amount Mm. of calories, then that kind of takes a risk out of running nutrient deficient because like you said, if you're cutting out a bunch of food, you're cutting out a bunch of nutrients. So for you... Having a small amount of weight, small amount of calories while you're cutting that weight, you can still get heaps of nutrients to help you recover right that's it so that's um it's really cool that you use it
1: in that way i d- it was just one of those things that I didn't really expect either because I was like um my whole kind of uh understanding of of the way or like why why it was designed was for for bushmen, and mm. I'm like, I'm not a bushman, I'd love to be a bushman I'd love that like, one yeah. day I'm gonna like retire in the middle of like the woods or something but I've, I've like, I, my kind of perception of the, of the brand was, you know, was for people that were outdoorsy and yeah. I was like, I'm outdoorsy, but not that outdoorsy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so finding, finding like, uh, specific and unique uses for the meals was like, huh, I feel like I'd forget yeah. something now, you know?
0: Yeah. It, it's a, it's a common thing that happens because it's freeze dried. Mm. And as you know, we've sort of shown you today, we mm. freeze dry it for nutritional value because everything we do is is trying to make the best food and the most nutritious food. And whether that's for an athlete or or general health, um, that's why we do it. But the freeze-dried realm is currently dominated by outdoors brands because Mm. that's all you have access to when you're Mm. out and all you've got is a cooker and some water. Mm. You kind of have to go freeze-dried. So it's not that we're not great for that use. Obviously, if you're taking... Our food out outdoors, it's great there too, mm. and a lot of people have sort of done that because it's freeze dried, mm. and that's where some people sort of miss the whole point, and they think you know it, it's outdoors yeah. food. It's yeah. actually that's not what we set out to do with mm. with freeze dried food. We're just mm. making food that's convenient mm. that you probably can't put together even if you tried in a kitchen,
1: right? So it's it's, j- f- it's dude, it's designed for the zombie apocalypse. I'm telling yeah. you, like <laughs> when the world goes under. I'm gonna make sure I have a big, like a rucksack full of like a, a whole suitcase, bunch of them. <laughs> full yeah, <laughs> full of freeze dried, uh, full of radix meals, because it's um, it's honestly, it's like, I like, I could easily, I could easily eat the meals all day, every day, and mm. it's like one of those things. Obviously, you wouldn't want to because sometimes it's nice to have like a, you know, a big bowl of like pasta or something. But at the end of the day, it's got everything you need, and yeah. like um, I couldn't believe the um how anal you guys are about exactly making it like the best, the best possible, like even the, like the, the process of uh, getting sterile before we went into the, into the factory. is was like, like, what do you like, what do you mean? Like, do I have to wear the hair? <laughs> like, am I really <laughs> like, yeah. I thought I was like a guest, you know, I'm Like okay, I've got off. I've got a suit up yeah, and everybody gets clean. Like, uh, like you had to like take your buckle off and everything for your, the camera and stuff. It's just like a, Knowing, knowing the exact processes of the, uh, the the freeze drying, and exactly why they do it, mm. so, and it's it's essentially all of it is based around making sure that the f- uh, the food and the the products are as as high quality and as like preserved as they can be. So mm. by the time you get them, they're exactly they've got the exact right amount of macros and micronutrients. So. Yeah. Well, I'm glad wild we man.
0: we can communicate that way you, you guys, you guys it, all freak
1: me out though eh? yeah well it, it actually
0: makes it really really difficult because yeah. we no one's telling us to do it that way no. and no one's telling us to you know set all these standards
1: for ourselves, and someone like me wouldn't appreciate that yeah. unless you know, and so this is i guess this is all about like you know uh building that um that knowledge for for not just not just for like athletes but for people in general like yeah. um i think People need to understand and I understand a lot better now, mm. <laughs> having been through it and understanding I'm like, Oh, like we've got a bunch of mad scientists here. <laughs> I get it now. I get it. Yeah, we absolutely take that as a compliment. It's an obsession, yeah, I can yeah. tell. I can tell. Yeah. Mike's Mike's hard case. Yeah. He's like like he, he I could tell, I could see in his eyes, he was it's so passion. excited. Yeah, it's a passion yeah. and it's um it's it's a it's a healthy obsession, you know. Yeah. Like he really wants to create the best product and I think you guys have pretty much nailed it. Like convince me anyway.
0: Yeah, well we're uh, we're very happy with our our current product, but we're al- also always looking to improve. Mm. And that's why we have our our versions. Mm. So right now we talk about version 8, there will eventually be a version 9 yeah. because we're constantly looking to improve. So we yeah. won't have a product that we go, yep, that's it, that's done. Yep. We yep. always believe we can do more. Yeah. So even if we discover a new type of new nutrient that we think is essential for the body, we'll start to look at, well, how can we get that in our meals then? Because we want this. And it it presents a a few challenges because sometimes you might get an ingredient that's super awesome for something in the body. It might be an Mm. antioxidant for Mm. for recovery. Mm. And it might turn our meals a really funny colour. Or it Mm. might, you know... It might cost a bit more, yeah, yeah, and so there's all these challenges that we run yeah. into, but
1: we wor- we work really hard to get around them, yeah, I'm not getting any younger turning twenty seven this weekend it's like i'm I'm becoming more and more aware of uh you know how my body's responding to the food, and like mm. um i i i'd love to I'd love to look at um getting into fasting or trying like a different diet, but at the same time um the nutritionists I've been working with. Uh, over the past like like ten years they 've always kind of said you know if it 's not broke, don 't fix it because uh you know my energy levels have always been good um my weight's been good i'm not i 'm naturally very lean so it's not too much it hasn't been too much of an issue, but now I feel like i've kind of hit a a bit of a wall and i'm like, okay now i'm starting to notice like um I've never had sore knees in the morning, but I realised mm. I was like, okay, you ran fifteen k's last night. Uh, that's what—that's the way you're gonna feel the next day. So yeah. making sure, like uh, the the type of food they're having, what's good for what's good for inflammation, real quick.
0: <laughs> inflammation, it, it's a bit of a funny one because it can come from from different sort of yeah. places, um, but it, it's a lot of the time you'll find it's like the really stereotypical foods that are that are deemed healthy yeah, for yeah. you end up being the ones that are great for bringing down inflammation yeah, like yeah. Your, your fruits and vegetables. And, and yeah. it's always the ones that are deemed as, as superfoods. Like, yeah, there's a you. reason that that's the case, right? Blueberries. Stuff like that. Yeah. Spinach. Yeah, exactly.
1: You're Can we, on give it. Give me another one. Yeah, uh, kiwi fruit. Kiwi fruit. Things like that. I can't do kiwi fruit, eh? Hey. You don't like I'm it? pretty. I'm pretty fussy, you know? Like, um, I'm not a fruit guy. I'm a veggie guy. Right. Which is, like, easy because, like, you guys much put like a million veggies and all your things. Yeah. you wouldn't even know either yeah um hey you put that Baoban Baobob, Baobab Baobab fruit in there didn't have a clue you know yeah but I'm, I'm getting I'm getting iodine from it was that, no, it no iodine? iodine's
0: from seaweed it's, oh. a,
1: it's a type of kelp <laughs> okay. yeah so
0: that's um that's something we're looking at so I've been eating seaweed as well not yet, we're, oh, we're not yet. Okay. Yeah. That. <laughs> yeah so we're that's one thing that we're yeah. we're looking into as I said we sort of always look to to improve yeah, yeah. and iodine's one thing that we wanted to improve Gotcha. and yeah. so that's where we we went and we're like what's a, a good source of iodine and we found the seaweed that's like crazy crazy high in it so you only have to put a tiny little amount uh, um, it's
1: incredible you know I couldn't believe um, so I like ate some of that uh, spirulina powder mm. I had no idea spirulina tasted like that yeah it was like really strong it was like kind of bitter and then it was like fi- almost fishy almost like yeah. like Very much like it tastes like it came from the ocean, if you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, well, it's like a a type of microorganism.
1: Yeah, right, right. Yeah, Yeah, obviously I've had it in the smoothies and you barely taste it. Yeah. But you're getting all the nutrients from it. I was like, sick, Mm. I can do that. I don't even, you know, I don't like banana. Don't like banana at all. Oh, really? I hate banana. And um, the only source I can get my banana in is smoothies. Right. And so I'm like, for me, it's like, it's like great. 'Cause like I, I can barely barely taste it kind of thing. And it's all it's not even so much the uh the flavor, it's the texture of banana. okay. And so like um getting it in there, I was like I was like, Oh, that's badass. Yeah. And it's like a great source of potassium, right? Mm. It's got like it's like that's a that I feel like that's a superfood, right? Banana in a lot of ways, yeah. Yeah. But like I've never been able to eat it. Right. So I was like, it's pretty sweet. Yeah. Pretty sweet.
0: Cool. Hey, before we wrap up, yeah. um, can you talk us through what's on
1: your horizon what what are your goals what's your future looking like for you um I've got a pretty exciting rest of the year um i I'll probably be based in Australia um just outside of brisbane uh for the foreseeable future um but obviously it's a lot closer to home than uh than the uk so uh I'm excited to be moving over there um and of course you guys have got a like i think your biggest market is in Australia as well so I'm gonna be at easily able to get get my hands on plenty of nutritious food um but uh i've got got, i'm looking at there are two fights that i'd like to line up before the end of the year as long as my um body plays ball uh and hopefully uh some very exciting news in the in the near future i'd like um like to talk more about it but um i think i've already told you guys about it as well so i'm really excited but um yeah, yeah, Something it's, it's gonna be it's to gonna be awesome. To. Yeah, it's yeah. gonna be an awesome uh, end to to 2022, and I can't wait to come home and be fighting in front of uh, my home fans as well. Awesome. Yes. Yeah, well, Dave, thank you very much. So, thank Cheers. you, friend. That was awesome.